Well, if you'll please turn in a copy of God's Word to Acts chapter 16. This morning, we're going to be looking at verses um, 20 through the end of verse 40. No, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong passage. Here we go. We're going to be looking at verses uh, 25 through verse 40 in depth, but we're going to back up and read verse 16 um, through 40 to give us some context. So uh, hear and listen. Listen attentively, for this is the Word of God. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews. They are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks." About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, "'Do not harm yourself, for we are all here.'" And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. He rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. But when it was day, the magistrates sent the police saying, Let those men go. And the jailer reported these words to Paul saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us publicly, uncondemned, men who are Roman citizens, and have thrown us into prison. And do they now throw us out secretly? No. Let them come themselves and take us out. The police reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Roman citizens. So they came and apologized to them, and they took them out and asked them to leave the city. So they went out of the prison and visited Lydia. And when they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and departed. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God shall indeed stand forever. Let's pray. And so, Father, um, we come before you, um, seeking you through your word. And we ask that by your Holy Spirit, you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Grant to us unction and anointing for the preacher and the hearer alike. In the precious, mighty name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. 
so this week we pick up where we left off last week. Uh, you know, I have never actually stopped halfway through a sermon before, though there may have been many times when you wished I had. The, the topic before us this morning is how to deal with pushback because we are Christians to the spread of the gospel and even to us personally. Uh, last week, we, uh, we just made it through the pushback part, and, and this morning we're going to look at how to deal with that, how to respond. But before we get to the new stuff, I probably need to give a, a brief recap of where we were last week so that we might be on the same page. Well, from verses 16 through 24, last week we saw Paul and Silas, Timothy and Luke, as they ministered in the city of Philippi. The week before that, we saw Lydia, uh, that wealthy woman of trade, the seller of purple. We saw that she had been converted. Um, and then, last week, we saw a conversion of this demoniac girl, this slave girl, who kept telling everybody that Paul and Silas were servants of the Most High God, and he was there. they were there to tell you how to be saved. She had the ability to tell fortunes. She had the um, the ability to tell of divination because she had within her a demon. Now, Paul and Silas, or rather Paul, cast out the demon out of the slave girl, and this was rather traumatic to her owners. Her owners were not concerned at all about her, her welfare, or about the gospel message. The only thing they were worried about was the fact that their income stream had been cut off. So they seized Paul and Silas and took them to the marketplace. And this is what you did. They did what Roman law required when you had a complaint against someone. They took them to the marketplace and before the two magistrates of the city. And instead of a fair trial, which we'll deal with this morning, instead of a fair, fair trial, uh, Paul and Silas are beaten with a device, uh, most likely a device, called a, a fasces which was a bundle of wooden rods with a metal axe up to the middle of it. This was not something that you wanted to be beaten with. It was not a switch. It was not a paint stick. This was something that was very heavy and often led to the maiming of its victims. Paul and Silas were in really bad shape. Now, we looked at all these things. Uh, because it gave us our framework of looking at how we as Christians face pushback for claiming the name of Christ, for being chosen for salvation and standing for the truth. We looked at three sources of this pushback, though there are potentially many others. And the first is from the pushback directly from Satan himself, and from his demons. We saw that with the servant girl, the slave girl rather, who had the spirit of divination uh, through the, the demon who was inside of her. Now we see this, we, we are constantly engaged in spiritual warfare whether we realize it or not. We started our service with our call to worship from Ephesians chapter 6 as we talked about how our battle is not against flesh and blood, it is against evil spiritual forces. Then we saw that we have pushback against, uh, from unbelievers. Right? We saw this especially in the actions of the owners of the slave girl, and we often face pushback from those who don't know the Lord as well. We talked about how we, this should not surprise us. We are often surprised, but, but we shouldn't be surprised because the fact is that before we became believers, we too were under the, under the power of the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience 
who is Satan himself. The darkness does not like light. We face this kind of pushback in our relationships. Uh, We see it in uh, the workplace, in our culture, in the locker room, on the school bus, at parties, at moments of peer pressure, and moments of hostility against the truths of the Word of God. Finally, the third source of pushback we saw was when it comes from sources of authority. We saw this last week in that Paul and Silas were beaten without a trial, which is really big news because they were Roman citizens and were entitled to one. You know, we see pushback. You know, there are oftentimes a pushback in national governments. However, we must admit that we be, thankfully admit that we live in a country in which we have the freedoms that we do. Praise be to God for that. But that there, is, there are oftentimes when, as believers, we face pushback from those who are in authority over us. If not the government, then companies that you may serve in. Companies, you know, I have a, the wonderful blessing of working for a Christian organization, right? The only one that will last forever, uh, the church. But y'all don't have that. And I, I, I have not been in your shoes And there are many times in which your companies may make policies that are opposed to the Word of God. We can often see it with not just our bosses, but also teachers and administrators. I remember in 11th grade, we got a new headmaster at my school in Montgomery, and uh, one of his first acts was to ban all Bible studies. That's a great thing to do in Montgomery, Alabama, isn't it? Uh, And he got great pushback. Praise be to God. But that's an example of pushback from those in authority. So the question is, we, as we turn today, to how do we respond to those things? How do we respond to those things? Before we get into the text, let me just say that one thing that you will not see from Paul and Silas is that they will not pull the victim card. I want you to really focus on that. They will not pull the victim card. You, you will not see them bemoaning, and you will not see them groaning You know, we have to be very careful that we don't become consumed with a victim mentality. See, Christ was not a victim at the cross. Have you ever thought about that? He wasn't a victim there. He was there of His own free choice because of His love for you. See, Paul would later write, to the Philippians, the same church to whom he is writing now, in verses 29 through 30. For it has been granted to you for the sake of Christ that you should not only believe in Him, but also suffer for His sake. Did you hear that? Granted to you that you should not only believe in Him, but you should also suffer. So often we are surprised by suffering, surprised by pushback, when the reality is we should expect it. When we become so focused on how we are treated, do you know what happens? The focus is quickly taken off of Jesus. See, persecution, being pushed back against because of our faith, because of the truth, in the end it's not about us. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I think as Americans we have been deeply affected by the health and wealth gospel quote-unquote gospel, that preached by people like Joel Osteen, Benny Hill, Creflo Dollar, 
please don't watch these people on TVN. What they are selling is the idea that if you are faithful and good Christians, then you will have happy, prosperous, leisure-filled lives. Did you know that we're not promised that anywhere in Scripture? This text just tells us that we were appointed not only to believe, but also to suffer for His sake. See, Jesus has His own words for that kind of theology, and it's from Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 36. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have come not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. So when it comes, how should we respond? Well, the first thing is keep the focus on Jesus. Don't point people to yourself. Point people to Jesus. And that's what we see Paul and Silas do here. See, our our natural inclination is to do the exact opposite of what they do. Our natural inclination is to use the same weapons that have been used against us right back at others. You know, when people go off on Facebook against Christians, what do we do? What do Christians often do? Man, it's just as much violence as they're coming at us. Do we do well to use the same weapons of those who don't know Jesus? Why do we think it's okay to use venom and vitriol, right? To use the world's attitudes while we baptize it with the God card. When we retaliate in like kind, that's wrong. When we gossip instead of pray, that's wrong. When we use foul language, that is wrong. See, none of us are in as bad a spot as Paul and Silas. (laughs) They had been wronged. I mean, talk about... They they were entitled to a trial. They had been wronged. They had been beaten, perhaps within an inch of their lives. And then they took them and put them in the stocks, in the inner prison. Now, the stocks in those days, they weren't like the the pillories like you'd see in the colonial era, era of America where they put you in the courtyard and it's really all about shame. The stocks in those days, they would put your feet in them and the holes were not beside each other. They'd be like this. There's a reason why they were awake at midnight. It's because they were being tortured. They were in a tough spot. They were potentially naked or almost naked, blood flowing down from their bodies, broken ribs, perhaps blood all over. And how did they respond? Verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Well, I declare, I pray for that kind of faith. I pray that I would respond in such a way. How in the world could they do this? How could they rejoice in this moment? It's the same kind of logic we see in Acts 5 verse 54 when the apostles had all been beaten by the Sanhedrin and they left there, and we read, they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were accounted worthy to suffer the dishonor for the name. How do we respond to a bad call at a baseball game? Or the horse collar call yesterday I saw on TV. It wasn't a horse collar, right? I mean, I don't respond well to those things. Or we were all watching the World Series, and it's amazing how much better I can see things than the umpires. And I watch baseball once a year at the World Series. I just get angry. You know, um, Thomas was playing um, soccer. 
And it was a great thing that the umpire, or the, excuse me, the referee, was one of our church members. That's all i got to say about that. It was a, a real gut check. And how would I respond? How would you respond to being thrown into prison, beaten within an inch of your life, your legs askew, you're bleeding all over the place? Would you rejoice because you have been given the honor of suffering for the name of Jesus? Think about what would have happened if Paul and Silas had sat in the prison cursing the magistrates. That good-for-nothing, yada, yada, yada. I'm glad I don't know any bad words in Greek, right? What if they had just sat there talking bad about all the treatment they had gotten? Would it have had any impact on those prisoners around them? Instead, it says they were listening. The other prisoners were listening, and they were watching. People were watching you to how you will respond. This is only possible if they kept the focus on Jesus rather than themselves. We are not the center of God's lives, of God's life. We are not the center of history. We, we are not, God is not part of our story. We are part of His. They were in prison because they were bearing witness. By the way, witness in Greek is the same word for witness and martyr. They were bearing witness, willing to be martyred, of the only way of salvation in Jesus Christ. They kept the focus on Jesus rather than themselves. That's hard. You know, it's interesting. It's one thing not responding in sin. That's hard enough. But to rejoice, that, that's a whole nother... you got to kick it into another gear there, don't you? This, this is what Jesus is talking about. Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 through 12. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and, uh, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Rejoice. Be glad. Blessed. These are not terms we usually use. All right, so what, are they, what else did they do? So they didn't play the victim card. They, they rejoiced. They kept focus on Jesus. They also continued to share Christ. Verse 25, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, how strange and countercultural this must have been. Some of these prisoners might have been there in a while. They perhaps had seen people come and go. And here, all of a sudden, are these strange people, blood oozing everywhere. And they were praising God, singing psalms, through busted lips and irregular breathing from broken ribs. But then something amazing happens. An earthquake comes. The Greek says a, a mega earthquake. And God sends this great earthquake. And it does enough damage to the prison to break chains, break the stocks, and take doors off their hinges. What would you have done at this point? Might not be wearing Nikes, but I bet you could run pretty fast. At least start crawling towards the door. Well, the jailer wakes up and he sees the doors are empty, or the doors are ajar, the cells he thinks are empty, and so he takes his sword out to kill himself, which was the penalty for losing your um, prisoners. But just before he does, Paul cries out and gets him to stop. No one had escaped. He falls on his feet before... Uh, falls on his knees before Paul and Silas after taking them out of the prison, and he asked the most important question that anyone can ever ask, and I hope you've asked it. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, Paul and Silas, they could have retaliated against this guy. <laughs> I'm sorry, you should have asked yesterday before you sat there and watched us get beaten, right? Or wouldn't you like to know? 
What does he say? He gives them the answer. This guy who had just put his feet in the stocks and had tortured him. Paul there, a former jailer of believers, as a believer has been jailed, and now he shares the gospel with a jailer. Isn't that amazing? God has such irony. God has a sense of humor. And he leads this man to Christ. He intentionally, some of his household, they become believers. And, uh, and then he is baptized, right? I love this. There's a, uh, commentators point out there are two washings here, right? The, the jailer takes and washes the wounds of Paul and Silas, and Paul and Silas, they baptize him. There's a double washing. They spend some time in his home. They eat and they rest, and then they go back to the jail for the next day. Um, by the way, not only is the jailer baptized, but his whole family as well. This is covenant baptism. This is why we baptize adults and their children. This is one of the examples of this. Well, we've seen this morning as we respond to pushback, what we see, don't play the victim card. Keep, it, keep the focus on Christ. Right? We see this idea of rejoicing, continuing to share Christ. And finally, we see here that we ought to use our rights wisely. Use our rights wisely. So morning comes and the magistrates perhaps thinking things through or perhaps being afraid because there had been this, uh, this earthquake. Was this judgment from the God of Paul and Silas? What's going on? They, they send word to the jailer said, hey, you can let him go. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I would have hightailed it out of there. But Paul and Silas don't do this. They say, Really? You have jailed us when you have beaten us publicly and jailed us when we were Roman citizens, and now you secretly want to release us. No, that's not going to happen. They, they're going to have to come and give us a, 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 uh, an apology. You know, one thing that we learn here, let me back up a second. Why is this a big deal? Roman citizens could not be beaten and imprisoned without a fair trial. And to do so was a really big deal. Roman law was sacred in their own views. And the magistrates could have faced very significant consequences if this were found out. They were ready to get rid of Paul and Silas very quickly. Why do I bring this up? Well, one of the things we learn from this text is it is okay. And there are times when it is right to demand our rights. Especially as American citizens, right? As we think about the context in which we live, we have First Amendment rights, and so there are times when you have to demand those things and go through the legal processes, processes of making sure those things are upheld. There are times for that. And those things are appropriate. As long as we're not pulling the victim card, but instead making it about Jesus. But notice here as well, you have them claiming these rights. But on the other hand, you don't see them escape when they could. I mean, who's to say that the earthquake wasn't God's way of getting them out of, uh, out of Dodge? We had this happen back in, back in Acts chapter 5 when uh, Peter was in prison and the angel comes and he miraculously leads them out. And guess what? Those jailers all die because Herod executed them. But Paul and Silas were concerned not about their welfare as much as they were concerned about the jailer's welfare, physical and spiritual. There are times to take advantage of the rights given to us, and there are times when it's probably a good idea not to. See, they were willing to be disadvantaged, disadvantaged in order for someone to hear the gospel. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like being inconvenienced sometimes, much less disadvantaged. But look again at when they, um, when they focused on, when they claimed their rights as Roman citizens, in some ways it seems out of character. Like, is it just out of spite? Are, are they looking for, you know, for the magistrates to come and grovel before them? That's not what it's about at all. Instead, they are thinking about others here. Because soon, Paul and Silas are going to leave, and they're going to leave a budding church there in Philippi. And in that budding church, there's this jailer and his family. you got Lydia and her servants, her household, and then you got this slave girl whose um, owners are really upset. There's a lot of potential for the, the local government to get back involved in the life of the church. And so by forcing the issue, Paul and Silas are not thinking about their own rights. They can leave anytime they want. Instead, they're focused on the welfare of others. One commentator put it this way, If the magistrates are willing to acknowledge their error, they will tolerate Christians and avoid future incidents that relate to the church. One key thing that we think about when we uh, need to and when we are called to demand our rights under our Constitution, we have to check our motives to make sure that we are coming at things from a godly perspective and not just thinking about our honor, but instead of the honor of Christ and for the good of the church. That's what Paul and Silas were worried about. Well, how do we land this plane? You know, this text raises a lot of questions about um, how are we, or what are we willing to suffer for the sake of the gospel? There are a lot of questions that this, this text raises, and, it's, and these are good questions that I, I encourage you to ask yourself. Are, are you willing to suffer for the advancement of the gospel? Are you willing to lose friends, students? If you stand for Jesus against peer pressure in middle school and high school, you will lose friends. It's going to happen. I speak from too much experience on that one. Are you willing to lose a job? Are you willing to lose your family? Are you willing to lose your life? See, all these things point us to Jesus, who was willing to lay down his own life for you. What did Paul and Silas, what did they tell the Philippian jailer? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? that He came from heaven, He is God Himself, He would die on the cross to pay for the sins that you and I have committed, and that all those who call upon His name can receive forgiveness and eternal life now in heaven forever. That is the most important thing you will ever deal with. Let's pray. And so, Father, as we move now to the table, we look to You and we seek You. And we ask that you would grow us in your grace. We pray these things in the name of Christ. Amen. Our hymn of-